podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Beijing Bound, the countdown to the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. I'm Michael. I'm John. The medal factory in winter sports for Team GB could be Skeleton. Based in Bath, the women's team have won medals for the past five Winter Olympics, including three golds. Laura Dees won bronze in Pyeongchang four years ago when Lizzie Yarnall took top spot on the podium. And now Laura's back and Beijing bound. I'm really excited. I think um, it's been a hard four years in some ways. There's been plenty of ups and downs. And I think I'm just so grateful to be pulling on the Team GB kit and going and representing my country at the highest level again, um, because it's something that, you know, you never take for granted as an athlete. And so few people ever get to experience one Olympic Games, let alone two. Um, yeah, I'm just feeling really thankful right now. And yeah, just trying to stay COVID free for the next week or so, <laughs> so I can actually get on that plane. Well, when we talk about British skeleton and particularly the women in British skeleton, there is that long tapestry of medal success. You're part of it. Does that bring a bit of pressure this time? Or do you think, you know, I was there four years ago. I can be there again. I think it's a bit of both. I think it's only natural to feel that pressure. You know, it's it's the biggest stage in the world and you want to go and be successful. But, um, you know, the other side of that coin is I can take a huge amount of confidence from what we achieved last time. Uh, you know, I know I've stood on the start block and delivered over four runs, you know, when it really matters, when the pressure was really on. Um, and I think that's that's something that I have that not very many of my competition will have um, to fall back on and know that they have been there and they've done it before. So I'll definitely definitely be using that. Um, but at the same time, it's I think it's important to say that this sport moves on and just dwelling on what we did four years ago is you know that's never going to be enough in in a fast moving sport like this one so you know we've been working incredibly hard to develop new equipment and adapt to it in time and hopefully bring our a game out in beijing when it really matters laura they call british cycling the medal factory and you could argue that that british skeleton is very much the same in in winter sports do you think that you'll you like british cycling you kind of get targeted that everyone's trying to beat the brits yeah i think that definitely we we Inevitably, I think, you know, people are going to be looking at what we're doing and aiming to beat us because we have been we put ourselves out there. We've been the ones to beat for so long now. Um, And, you know, I think as the sport has moved on and developed, the margins get tighter and tighter. You know, everybody gets better at at, at all the small things. Um, And I think that's going to make for an incredibly exciting competition. I think you've you've seen it from the World Cup season this year. You know, so many people are. Um, better this year than they've ever been before across all all different nations so it's certainly going to be a close competition um, and it's going to be fascinating to see who can um, who can be consistent over those four heats of two days as well because that's something that in our sport we, we you know we normally only compete over two two heats um, so to have four heats that count over two days in what could be different ice conditions you know that's a different thing to, to your normal day in day out skeleton competition as well so that's going to be fascinating you talked about the advantage of having been there um previously you you're going with a a new debutante as well in brogan crowley as well will you I, i'm assuming lizzie helped you four years ago will do you see yourself as the the experienced older teammate <laughs> um I, I like to think that i help and not hinder um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's always questions that you have as a as an athlete going to their first Olympics. You know, what's it going to be like? What do I need to pack? 
um, you know, just practical stuff like that, that I remember asking Lizzie and it's really nice to be able to pass some of that on. Um, and yeah, I don't mind being that sort of, you know, veteran member of the team. I, I enjoy it and I just hope that they find me helpful and not irritating. <laughs> At the fastest point of the course, Laura, how, how fast are you travelling and do you still get scared? Um, it really depends on the track, but 85 miles an hour uh, yeah, above that sometimes, you know, that's what we were hitting last week in Samaritz. And there's it, it, it really depends on the track and whether there's a perception of danger or not, because there's some tracks that just have that reputation for being um, that, you know, if you make a mistake, you could possibly hurt yourself or, or have a crash. And um, so, yeah, it, for some tracks, it doesn't matter how many years you've been there. Sometimes when you stand on the start block, you still think, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but you know, it's so addictive. The adrenaline rush is incredible when you when you get down the track and you you know you've conquered it, you've had a good run, and you just want to go back up and do it again. And I think you know that's probably why I've continued in the sport as long as I have is because you know you're constantly searching for those improvements and that perfect run that you may you know may not have had on that track before. So yeah, certainly addictive. And do you learn the track? So in, in a way, I mean, we were talking to, to, I know he's in Luge, but Rupert Stouding, who's on the team, and he said, for him, it's a bit like a video game. He just has to visualise it. And that's what he's doing. He's not looking where he's going. I know you're, you're different because you're head first, but do you, do, you, do you learn it? Yeah, absolutely. By the time we come to race on a track, I'll have done probably hundreds of mind runs, as we call them, where you visualise yourself uh, going down the track in different scenarios. Um, and it's not just visualizing the performance itself. It might be just visualizing the environment or remembering what a certain corner feels like. Um, and it depends how you how you slide as well. Some athletes are very visual based so they can you know, see where they're going and they use visual cues. For me, I've got quite a weak neck and quite often the pressure pushes my head down. So I've never been able to rely on vision as my main cue. I'm much more of a feel based slider. So for me, it's about feeling pressures, um, knowing where my high points are in the corner and that kind of thing. And and I'm trying to sort of build this almost like a rhythm in my head of what the track should feel like as I go down it. So that, you know, if I can't see something, for instance, that doesn't phase me and I still know where I am. You mentioned it has been a tough few years getting to this point. Did you enjoy being a uh, medalist, an Olympic medalist? Um, that's a really good question. I think, yeah, of course, like the success that we had in Pyeongchang was really incredible you know it was so enjoyable it was a culmination of a lot of years of hard work and you know that's what everyone trains for is is for those hopefully those those moments of success and those moments in the spotlight and you know we certainly had that and I'm incredibly grateful for that because so many athletes put in as much work or more even than than what I've done but they never get that moment um so you know I I'm incredibly grateful for that and I'll, and I'll never take that for granted but that doesn't mean that it's been easy either. It's been, you know, there's been a lot of change in the last four years that I've had to adapt to um, and along with, you know, the sport changing as well. Um, and just the things that everyone else has had to deal with as well, you know, COVID, the pandemic, um, all those questions and, and the, all the uncertainty we've all had to deal with. And, um, you know, I'm no different in that, in that sense. So, yeah, but I, I'm just... I'm so grateful that I've sort of made it through this four years and I'm fit and I'm healthy and um, yeah, going to a second Olympics. And last one for me, I just noticed this week on Insta, you posted a picture of you with eyes on the prize. So yeah. is that what it is all now about? You, you, you've, you've spoken to annoying people like me and Michael uh, today. Once that's out of the way, you can get on the plane and you can get there and, and focus on what you need to do. 
yeah I really feel like at this point of the of the cycle now it's almost like there's a line drawn in the sand and everything that's gone before every world cup race doesn't really matter because it's about what happens in the next two weeks and I really believe that the team that we've got going to Beijing is capable of of pulling off something really spectacular fantastic thank you thank you very much pleasure Laura is joined by three debutants for these Winter Games. They start on the 4th of February in China. Congratulations to Brogan Crowley, Marcus Wyatt and Matt Weston. And download our weekly Anything But Footy podcast for all the latest Olympic and Paralympic news, interviews and conversations. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts. Just search Anything But Footy. Sports Social Podcast Network.